everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Today's podcast is called Growing Through What We Go Through. Um, I'm a big believer in that we get to grow from whatever life throws at us in every given moment. So today, uh, my guest Nina and I will be looking at how we've both grown through our relationship with food, from how it used to look, how it now looks, and how we got there. Stay tuned. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. So um, for those of you listening, this is Nina. Nina is a very, very old friend of mine. Not so old. (laughs) Not old in age, old in time that we've known each other. So we've known each other since we were 16 years old. And the reason that I asked her to come on here is because I wanted to talk about um, growing through what we go through. Um, and that's going to be for me and Nina talking about food and our relationship with food um, and how it used to look, how it now looks and how we got there. So great women. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe and tell me what your thoughts are on this, Nina. Most women um, today see food as a bit of an enemy or a bit of a stumbling block because I think food is so connected to our weight, which then connects to how we look and our appearance. And how and, we then feel. And how we then feel. And mm. let's be honest, we as women are judged very quickly or opinions are formed very quickly on who we are as women through how we look. Absolutely. So, so this is why I think food is a very, very big uh, connector to all of that. And it sort of creates a lot of emotional stuff around it. Yeah. I agree. I don't think that it was probably always like this in life where they were obsessed with sugars and, you know, I can't imagine way, way back that they were, they ate healthily, you know, one knows what's good for them and what's not good for them. Right. So so what do you think changed it over the years? I don't know, but I would imagine a huge amount is social media now. But, you know, when we were younger, we didn't have social media, uh, but we did have Kate Moss. (laughs) Well, you know, we didn't have her, but (laughs) uh, we would have liked to have been her. And, you know, Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crawford and all those stunning supermodels that actually look healthier than the models now, probably. So what you're saying is like the comparison thing was still there, regardless of social media, we were still comparing ourselves to other women that we wanted to kind of aspire yeah. to. I guess also, you know, with fashion and fashion changes, once you had a corset to tuck everything in, right? Once people were voluptuous and they were beautiful in all cultures, everything is different. Yeah. With us in England, you know, I think as kids, we used to wear as little as possible and we were told that that was provocative and sexy and, that, you know, and that's a pressure. The less you wear, the better you've got to look and, you know, and will you get a boyfriend and not boyfriend? I guess growing through those years is when it can all start. And then we start to put the pressure on, well, I know I did and I think you did too, we start to put the pressure on food. And how we're going to eat. Yeah. When it's totally not about that, but it is about that, you know. It is. Because not eating isn't good. Eating too much is good. And being obsessed isn't good. And being obsessed with food isn't good. So what is good? Food to live. 
What is good in your opinion? You know, when I was extremely anorexic and not listening to anyone, um, in my first clinic that I went to, I had a professor who I didn't pay attention to and like school, didn't care what he had to say. I was right. But I'll never forget, he said one thing, eat full fat, but eat less of it in moderation. So, for example, today I wanted something to eat. I bought a croissant. I didn't eat all of it, but I ate half of it. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to going to get a Nature Valley or a cereal bar that's probably exactly the same calories and amount of fat and rubbish, but has an oat in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> one oat. I love one, it. Oat, one oat. A single <laughs> oat that could make your life healthy and give you energy for an hour and a half in the gym. But you and so, I have always had very different obsessions. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I wanted to get you onto this podcast today, because we've both had such different struggles with food. And I, I make no secret about the fact of, you know, I had an eating disorder of sorts and how obsessive I got around food. And yet we've both kind of gone through the same struggle, but very differently, if that mm. makes sense. So mm. whereas yours was anorexia, wasn't it? It was classic anorexia. Yeah, but stemming from someone that was quite chubby all her life and, you know, did kind of struggle with that, wasn't obese, but certainly a little bit chubbier than my brother and maybe my friends and what have you. Whereas you were always naturally very thin, but it made no difference. That's the difference. It can actually happen to anyone, I guess. So I actually think what you're pointing to there, and I'm really pleased you brought that up, is having what your relationship with food looks like is nothing to do with what you look like absolutely it's what more about what you feel like because you know as we were discussing the other day you can put on a pair of jeans one day and the next day and have a completely different outcome of your day due to how your feel jeans fit I don't yeah. know about you but I can I mean, I, I think every single woman that is listening to this podcast right now is nodding and possibly clapping in agreement with that. Like how we feel in our clothes can really determine our mood for the day. Yeah. yeah. So do we need to sit and talk about it and sort of do a mantra? Actually, I look good today. You idiot. Those jeans are the same size as they were yesterday. Because I don't know about you, but I do. As I are you. As are yeah. you, the same size yeah. as you well, were yesterday. Yeah, well, because I ate a pack, you know, half a packet of Dolly mixtures. Have I suddenly <laughs> not become an extra size? In my brain, yeah. In my jeans, no. You so know. how do you, so tell me how you overcome that, because that's really interesting. And I think that's something that we all struggle with. I know I still do now, even though I've, I've really got myself together in terms of um, how I feel within myself but I can still fall and they're the points that make me fall actually in terms of putting a top on that you know oh yeah. I can see an extra roll or putting a dress mm. on that just doesn't feel like it did a couple of weeks ago and mine is very connected around how I'm eating yeah right which so, it would do because rubbish food makes you feel bad within your stomach regardless of anything. you know what I mean you eat pizza you're certainly not going to feel like you did if you had salad or some couscous or whatever I don't know where couscous came from but you know what I mean <laughs> the Mediterranean tell me, me where the last time you ate couscous was 
uh, about three months ago on a Friday night in okay. oh, so Tel Aviv. Okay, so couscous doesn't play any role in my life. It's funny you brought that up. Couscous is a messy thing, let me tell you. It's better to eat it outside. <laughs> That's my tip of the day. Everyone got that tip of the day, eat couscous <laughs> outside where you don't have to and, Oh my goodness, anything. if you're giving it to your children, run quickly and give a big tip. <laughs> In a restaurant. So, but I loved what you were just saying about the pizza compared to a salad or compared to some sort, something like a healthy piece of food and how different the effect it has on us physically, actually physically, forget how we look, how we feel about it. And I know that if I eat sort of a load of bread or a load of pasta or whatever it is, I feel quite lethargic and quite sluggish compared to if I ate a sweet potato or I ate you know, a piece of chicken. Um, yeah. But you still allow yourself to have that piece of bread and what have you. Look, and, I've, worked, and, and, I've worked really hard in my life to be able to say, yeah, you can have that bread guilt-free. Um, and there are some days where I just won't have it because I probably will feel guilty. That's being very honest, I think. Yeah, totally. Um, so, so, yeah, so just talk me through how you how you overcome, you know, when you put those pair of jeans on in the morning and you feel, you know, cause you've eaten the dolly mixtures yeah. and you start to take it out on the mirror or you start to take it out on how you feel. Like just talk me through the healing process of getting over that point. Okay. Well, since I was a kid, a real small child, I've had extreme amounts of confidence, but always had an issue I wouldn't have photos I wouldn't leave the house because I felt fat and things it certainly wasn't from my mum and dad it could have been because my brother and sister were extremely tall and skinny and unlike me couldn't eat the same things but I always had this feeling of uncomfortableness on my body whether it was underwear whether it was you know and now for me actually it's when I get dressed not only are my jeans the issue, the bra is the issue, how the bra feels on me. Firstly, I'll say with the jeans, better to not wash them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just brilliant. Better yeah. to not wash them <laughs> because... as least as possible and you will have a nice day. I basically am ruled, as much as I try not be, on how my clothes fit on me. Now, if I have a big pig out the night before and don't go to the toilet and I put my clothes on, I can feel so uncomfortable all day that I can be short-tempered, moody, aggressive, all of those things, okay? I'm, I work on it because yeah. I know that when I'm eating that night before, I know that that's how I'll feel. So if I've got to get up for something and go and be at work and what have you... I know, chill out, Nina, eat less dolly mixtures, you know. But eat, perhaps eat, eat less dolly mixtures for what? To avoid... To being... not feel uncomfortable. Okay. okay. That's what it is. It's not because I know people think, oh, my God, she ate dolly mixtures last night. You know, um, it, it's because I have always had this sort of thing with, you know, tight-fitting clothes I don't like, even though I wear... Skinny jeans, they're stretchy. So they can stretch to your body. But jeans stretch about half a size. I worked in selling jeans a long time. 
when you know that you're pushing that boundary and you're sitting down in the car and you're like, oh, it's not comfy, it's not comfy. That's not nice. It's not a nice feeling. So go for a walk. If I went, okay, I'm going to walk from here to here today, regardless of what I've eaten and what I'm wearing, I'll feel better with myself. No, I don't go to the gym. No, I don't do Pilates or yoga. My funds don't stretch to that yet. However, I really believe that it is a state of mind. Okay. Amen, sister. I'm going to go for a walk and that will all be okay. And all of a sudden you've gone for a walk and you feel like, hold on, I'm using my muscles. I'm using my legs. I feel good with myself. Enough. Mm. Relax. Your jeans are good. You're wearing a size 10 or 12 or whatever. And I just like to say, I also wear extra, extra, extra large clothes and size 10 and size 8 because it really isn't about the size of the clothes either. I have to. Well, as, as you beautifully pointed to, it's a state of mind. It is totally a state of mind in how we feel about ourselves and what we, I'm going to make this about me, what I see in the mirror is a state of mind. So yeah. I, I have learned, I have learned to, um, to look in the mirror, you know, to, in the morning to see what I'm wearing, see it all matches or whatever. And I have learned to not look at and focus on the things that I don't like, um, which is something I used to do very, very naturally. And I think, you know, I've been in hairdressing yeah. for 25 years. So I've watched women look in the mirror for 25 years. And if you've ever been to one of my talks on body positivity, this is something I talk about all the time. Women look in the mirror and they see what they don't like. And then yeah. they focus, focus on, on it. And as I say to my 10 year old daughter every day, what you focus on will grow. So if we keep focusing on, you know, oh, my thighs don't look right. Oh, these jeans are too tight. Guess yeah. what? That's, that is going to become your reality for that day. Absolutely. Get your mind distraction. It's like children, you know, when they're crying on the aeroplane and you go up to them and you go, oh, do, 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 do. It's distraction. <laughs> distraction. Think of something else. Think of Focus something else. Focus on something that is actually important in life as opposed to, the rubbish that is going in your head because those jeans you wore yesterday, yeah. right? That mirror was the same yesterday. Yeah. And I think like you and I have discussed, we always, like you said, we you had these things with getting up and looking in the mirror a lot, right? Yeah. Do you do that less? I, <laughs> I, I, I barely do that now. So I just, do it less. just to give the guys that at home that are listening um, a little bit of history as to what we were talking about. Nina and I have both, um, you know, Nina suffered with anorexia and I suffered with, um, I think it's called orthorexia. I was never diagnosed or anything like that. That's self-diagnosis, by the way, of just eating clean food. I had to weigh everything out um, and I had to eat around certain times of the day. Um, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't eat in restaurants and I couldn't because I couldn't come off of my plan of this mm. supposedly healthy eating. So that was my struggle. And now I've, ha- I've got total freedom around food. Um, Nina's was more of a classic um, anorexia, anore- anorexia and um, she didn't eat. She didn't eat. She found it very hard to eat food and put food in her system. So but what we both learned over having a coffee the other day was that the it manifested in the same way it was the obsession about what we looked like the obsession I used to stand in front of the mirror just checking I could still see my abs or I'd gotten a new muscle or it was just obsessive it was totally obsessive and I was obsessed with my appearance I was obsessed with what I looked like because I threw my identity onto it 
Mm, totally. And I remember when you were really, really ill, Nina. And I remember this is we're going back many, many years. And I remember you saying to me, you were, you were, we were talking about you getting better. And you said, if I don't have anorexia, who am I? Mm, yeah, because because they also, you know, they very much teach you that also in those clinics that you that I had to go into because I was so underweight. They teach you that you you want the title. That's what you want because, you know, you don't necessarily have anything else. And I guess that title is attached to attention. And, and identity. Why, yeah. It becomes your identity. Absolutely. Because, yeah, like, absolutely. The victim, so, I guess, sometimes. And I was, I you know, I got a lot of uh, comments and um, compliments about my body and how my body looked and how muscly I was and how lean I was and all of this. And I loved it. But it became overwhelmingly important because that then became who I was. This, mm. this woman who worked out obsessively and ate obsessively and look what I can do. I didn't know anything else other than kind of what I looked like. I mean, that's hard yeah. to admit, but. Yeah. So. Uh, I, sorry, go on. I'm not suggesting that this is everybody's struggle, of course, but what it did when I got better was make me look at a woman's relationship with food and how it's connected to the relationship with her body and herself and how the two are so closely connected because we place such importance on our appearance. And don't get me wrong, I still like to look nice and I'm still very invested in all the lovely things that make me look and feel pretty. But it's for, there's a different drive towards it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because you're doing it for you and not for all people will think I'm muscly and this and that. Because it is a I don't know about you, but my eating disorder was a lot about what people thought about me. The first time I went into a clinic was really hard because I was not underweight. <laughs> and everyone was like, What are you doing in here? What are you doing in here? And I'm like, Well, I've got the same mind as you. And that gave me an even worse eating disorder. <laughs> You know, yeah. now I don't even look at the calories or the back of the bread or how much the croissant is. So what, got... how did you get better? How did that become? Firstly, did... I became a mother. And wow. How can I dare ever put that on my kid? My kid eats beautifully. She's allowed crisps, she's allowed chocolate, she eats carrots. She knows when to stop because I've never put those boundaries on her, like, you know, or obsessions on her. Um, but becoming a mum, because after not getting a period for about a year and a half, and the doctor's telling me, you know, you will not become a mum, that was the only thing I ever wanted in life. And yeah. I knew that something had to sort itself. Plus, friends were, no one wanted to be around me. I was, I was horrible. It was boring, you know. It, it Perhaps for you as well. I mean, I didn't live in the country, Nick, so I can't say that, you know... I mean, I, mean, I was such a bore. I was, I, was, I was a complete and utter bore. I couldn't it's go out boring. for dinner. Yeah. And when we did go out for dinner, I had to pick the restaurant. Uh, I mean, it was yeah. so boring for Adam, my husband. Exactly. He, you know, but... And then, but once I found the freedom from it, so we know, we know what the eating disorder looks like or we know what the obsession can look like and what it can feel like, but it's the freedom that then 
gave me the opportunity to to just to totally embrace myself and how far I'd come but it took daily practice of yeah it took a daily practice of eat the biscuit if you want to have a biscuit eat the biscuit now at first I would eat the biscuit because I would force myself to and then I would beat myself up over it so that was and that took months to escape from now I can eat the biscuit and it's absolutely fine and for some people that have never struggled with this it probably feels a bit foreign but I think for most women there is some sort of guilt around naughty food yeah so and it's breaking because who wants to live with guilt anyway I mean I don't want to live with guilt no you want to enjoy your life you want to be able to go out with your husband and eat a dinner and what have you right and have a biscuit and have a biscuit whenever I want a biscuit without my mind dictating what I can and can't have yeah or who I am because of it yeah totally so you became so you became a mother so so let me ask you this today as you stand here as this 41 year old vibrant wonderful woman who has come so far from this horrendous eating disorder which was many many years ago yeah um how yeah. how does your relationship with food look now? Oh, okay. I'm I'm not the biggest eater, but I allow myself to eat whatever I want. Oh. Not necessarily whenever I want. I still have a form of control and that's so minor, but to me it's my everything, you know. I can pick during the day, but at night I'll have my huge meal and I'll have whatever, whatever it wants and I'll have dessert. And I, since I've come back to England, I'm not a big fruit eater, but you know, I literally, I'd have custard, I'd have apple pie. I wouldn't even think about not having it. I wouldn't. But there's still rules. I'm hearing there's still rules around it. There's still rules and control. Okay. But it's... Because if you're going to eat that apple pie, you don't need to have... Uh, a huge meal you know I'm a healthy eater anyway I'm vegetarian I'm healthy I like healthy food I'm very lucky but I do eat I eat bread practically every day has my weight changed not one iota and that's also selling me something you know that what I'm eating that everyone says oh don't eat it don't eat it well it's not changing my weight so What's that about? Because I'm not eating the bread with the bad things, with the bad things. I know I can have a big bowl of soup and half a baguette. I can have a salad and a bagel or what have you. You know what I mean? Everything in moderation. And and that is genuine. I love cake. Would I eat it every day? No. If I was out with my kid, would I have a scone? Yeah. Why not? Life's about that, you know. I have a new I rule. Even... I have a new rule now. Whenever my kids um, hand me something, go, oh, mummy, try this. Because for so many years, I like pushed it away and literally pursed my lips like it was poison. Like, yeah. no, no, I can't try that. Every time they give me, you know, try my ice cream or try my sweets or try th- whatever it is. I always, always try it because, and that's probably a guilt thing for so many years where I said no to them. Yeah, um, but now it's so vitally important that they see me eating everything, absolutely yeah. everything. And again, you know, I like what you just said. Do, do I have cake every day? No. Well, it, ultimately, it's not good for us. It's not healthy. So, yeah. And, you know, being overweight isn't healthy. So it's, it's, there is 
about like I always know what my limits are with when I'm getting obsessive again and when I'm not and when I can pull it back so the freedom that I have around food is the freedom that I'm comfortable with would it look you know with to someone else I probably look like I eat very very well and I have a very controlled diet but it's all everyone's different aren't they it's all it's all relative as to what we choose to do and what works for our body I know that when I eat well and that means like pretty clean food and I eat loads of vegetables and I you know have all the food groups in my diet I know that I function a lot better absolutely so I'm very conscious of bringing that into my diet so yes I'm still conscious of what I eat but yeah that's your control but you're not weighing it and timing it and you know refusing it as you just well I kind of put it under the looking after myself hat you know that's kind of just healthy living Um, that's what I'm saying but you've also in your healthy living otherwise it's not healthy got to indulge in whatever it is that you I don't know like to indulge with you love chips (laughs) you know what I mean I love to eat (laughs) I don't love chips anymore you don't you love chips anymore I really I don't love chips I used to order um chips with everything didn't I Nina when we were younger yeah, I used to go out for lunch or something. I would order chips. It didn't matter if I was having a spaghetti bolognese. They would order a portion of chips, and no one was allowed to touch my chips. <laughs> no, so, one. no one. I did that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. I, I, again, like you, I'm now. I think as I've gotten into my forties, I'm naturally a healthy eater. Yeah. Um, naturally. And also, you, what you're going to do? Buy chips every day for your kids? You can't do that. You know. You know that. I mean. My child had a much healthier lifestyle walking around everywhere, somewhere else. But here now, she's walking less. But you've got to, you know, I'm still on the weekends. She can have whatever she wants, more or less. During the week, she's healthy, but I still don't refuse her a crumpet when she comes home and what have you. What would that, what's that trying to say to her? You know, have a crumpet, but have some strawberries with it. You know what I mean? Have a biscuit, but have a rich tea. Don't have a chocolate hobnob or whatever <laughs> I just think it's so interesting how women generally all have their own personal relationship with food and I don't think that can be said you know the same can't be said for many other things in life like that we build relationships around certain things but food is quite universal isn't it and everyone woman... well, I guess we need it to live no yes yeah, yeah you know in, we're got... like beating ourselves up it's like not putting car petrol in a car how would it function right but we're beating ourselves up for putting petrol in the car but if you put the wrong petrol in the car well, i guess you, you put diesel in a petrol car it's not going to run properly right my brother's not listening to this is he i've put the wrong petrol in his car <laughs> <laughs> don't tell him it'll be fine by the time it was his wife's <laughs> so i was thinking like um today like i've stopped vaping so I was a terrible vapor, as in I vaped all the time, and I've now stopped as of yesterday. Okay, so I haven't gone very far. But I'm very all or nothing, and I think this is where I've struggled with food, is I can either stop something or, or be totally obsessed with it, which is what I've now done with the vape. I was doing it all the time, and now I've completely stopped it. But with food, you don't get that luxury. You don't get to just pick and choose. You have to find a happy, healthy medium, because it as you said, it's survival. We have to have food to survive and to thrive. Yeah, totally. And we're pet mums and, you know, we've got things to do. It's not like perhaps when you were younger and you just don't need as much energy as, you know, 
Hello. Hello. Hi. I was listening to you. No, uh, you know, I really believe that we kind of do everything for our kids. And if I was to turn around and become really skinny now and starve myself again, which, as we discussed, would is is impossible for me now. Um, it's impossible for me too, by the way. It's impossible. Yeah, and I won't. I try and not fast either. Sorry to say that I don't know about you, but on Yom Kippur, because I feel like I'm worried if I do it one day, it can lead to something that I don't want it to lead to. So yeah. at the same time, I've got control of that because I don't want it to. Well, I could easily. well, you could call it control or there's like a there's a self-care and self-protection there, isn't there? Knowing what your triggers are and protecting yourself from them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Nina. That was really interesting to sit and talk about everything that you've gone through in terms of your food. Um, I hope you guys found that interesting. And I mean, if you could just give anyone a word, like a little tip on how to have a better relationship with food, what would it be, Nina? I'm never a short sentence person. I would just say just love yourself because you're vibrance and your smile is all anyone really cares about mm. <laughs> you know it's if you're judging the size of someone's bum compared to yours you're really not focused on the right thing love that what a beautiful beautiful way to end thank you and I completely agree it's about loving yourself yeah I totally agree thank all you right. Nene. pleasure thank See you. you bye, bye. So there we have it, a nice little finisher uh, of just possibly love yourself a bit more. And if this is any of your struggles or if you have ever struggled with food or feel guilty around food, um, then just know, I guess the point of this episode was just to show you that you're not alone. And all women, I believe all women struggle in this arena of food at some point. Um, And I think the trick is just to bring awareness to what we struggle with and to bring awareness of what we feel guilty with and then once there's awareness there then we can do something with it right once we're conscious of something and this is something i'll be saying a lot of once we're conscious of something then we can create whatever then we're at choice then we can create a choice from it but we can't do that if we're not aware of what's going on within us um i hope you enjoyed this episode i loved talking with nina i hope you guys got something from it just two girls sitting around being very honest about how their relationship with food has evolved over the years um please stay tuned for my next episode which i will keep you updated on and have a good evening thanks again for tuning in so there we have it a nice little finisher uh of just possibly love yourself a bit more and if this is any of your struggles or if you have ever struggled with food or feel guilty around food um, then just know I guess the point of this episode was just to show you that you're not alone and all women I believe all women struggle in this arena of food at some point Um, and I think the trick is just to bring awareness to what we struggle with 
and to bring awareness of what we feel guilty with. And then once there's awareness there, then we can do something with it, right? Once we're conscious of something, and this is something I'll be saying a lot of, once we're conscious of something, then we can create whatever, then we're at choice, then we can create a choice from it. But we can't do that if we're not aware of what's going on within us. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I loved talking with Nina. I hope you guys got something from it. Just two girls sitting around being very honest about how their relationship with food has evolved over the years. Um, Please stay tuned for my next episode, which I will keep you updated on and have a good evening. Thanks again for tuning in. Mm